0: In the mid-1800s, after decades of the scientific and economic march of the Industrial Revolution that has created both new prosperity and new problems, a 26-year-old writer, researcher, and radical by the name of Karl Marx embarks with his wife Jenny on the road to exile. In Paris in 1884, they meet a young Frederick Engels, a well-to-do son of a factory owner whose studies and research have exposed the poor wages and working conditions of the new English working class, who operate looms, printing presses, and other engines of industry that enrich their owners while punishing laborers. And that is the story behind the film The Young Karl Marx, and we are honored to have with us today the uh, director and writer Raul Peck. Raul, welcome to Film School.
1: Well, thank you. My pleasure.
0: Let's talk about the origins of the film, where it came from, what inspired you to uh, do the film on a young Karl Marx.
1: Well, uh, you know, as uh, with my previous film, uh, I Am Not Your Negro, uh, Marx and, and Baldwin were somehow my, my mentor, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, through those, those work, uh, I really learned to, to uh, structure my mind, to analyze the world around me, to understand the world around me. And when I started both projects, in fact, um, a little bit more than 10 years ago, it was a sort of finding a, a response, finding a way as a filmmaker to 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 give a substance to what was going on around us and still going on uh, around us. What I call a sort of horizon of stupidity and ignorance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you know, there is a you know when you see every day the the amount of energy that we have to bring up, and and you as journalists as well in order to uh explain what's going on in order to to find the right way uh beside the, the disinformation the lies etc um the the rejection of science of history of politics uh you know you can't follow that yeah. you know and and for me i had to find a way to take some distance and to come back to the fundamentals and for me, Baldwin is a fundamental, Marx was a fundamental. Mm-hmm. And, and, and through those two projects, it was a way almost to reset the clock, to see, you know, let's start anew and let's do it better this time. Yeah. And, uh, and Marx does it uh, uh, in a way, you know, basically the young Karl Marx is a story of three young people of the 19th century in Europe who uh, decided to change the world they were in because it was a world of repression, of poverty, of deep inequality, while a lot of merchandise were being produced through the Industrial Revolution, where uh, in a city like Manchester, you had the the biggest new machine, uh, textile factories, uh, lots of people making money, and at the same time, in certain neighborhoods in Manchester, it was the Third World. Yeah. Uh, uh, women, men, children were uh, going uh, barefoot in winter. Yeah. You know, people were sleeping in the streets.
0: Right.
1: So the, the inequality was visually evident. So uh, when uh, uh, Marx, Engels, and and uh, uh, his other collaborators they see that decided to, they decided to change that you know which was very ambitious at the time.
0: Yes it was. And one of the things that I appreciate about the film, one of the things that really struck me was we live in a time as you alluded to when we're told what things were or what what the source material is. We don't have uh we don't generally have the 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 knowledge base around what Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels actually said, we're always being told what they said and, and interpreted through a number of different political agendas. So Exactly. So, and, and so seeing it and hearing it and, and seeing it dramatized in the way that you did, it, it is something that gives context to what you just described. And we just yeah. don't have that anymore we're always being told what we're supposed to think or what we're supposed to think about so this is yes. a this is what go ahead
1: yes go ahead no so no, this no, is I think that we, we became you know perfect consumers you know right we, we swallow we, we don't think anymore right you know that's why you know I, I say sometimes well capitalists are won you know uh, no later after the the, the 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 end of the Berlin Wall you know the the, the the you know the the sign the cry out there was you know uh, they have won you know there is no more enemies and then everything is allowed and and we just plunge to the toward the next crisis right you know and and yes we we lost a lot of uh, on um uh, the field you know we lost uh, we are bombarded by you know the technology helps as well. You know yeah. we are constantly uh, engaged in something, watching something, uh, listening to something and but in order for it to work, it has to be shorter and quicker, and which means more superficial as well yeah. so sometimes now we think we know, and in fact we don't know at all right. You know right and and that's one of the things that have happened the last thirty 30 years, basically. Right. And and I'm sure that it will have consequences, you know. And and going back to Baldwin and going back to Marx for me was a, was a way also to going back to a time where he, we had time to read books. You know, I was privileged to have my elders to give me books. Yeah. I had people I could go to to have a discussion. You know, I didn't spend all my time on Twitter or Facebook or elsewhere, you know. Right. Uh, so your education, you, you could really, uh, uh, you, you had to work with for it, but you also had guidance, you know. Yeah. And even, you know, the politician today that everybody is criticizing, uh, uh, most of the time we, uh, we try um, You know, we lost uh, confidence in them because we feel that they don't really have, a, a position, their position is is determined by whoever gives them money, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Even when it's not true, I, I I believe there are a lot of sincere politicians, you know. But that's unfortunately what the the audience, the public think, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And in the debate now with the anti-gun laws, you know, that's a, a, a really tragic example. You know, every common sense tells you you cannot let arms circulate as it does. Mm -hmm. No other countries in the Western world does that. You know, there is no other country where you have so many children dying in school, a place where they should be safe. And what do you hear? Despite dramas after dramas, you have people who dare tell you, looking at the camera... That, no, the problem is not the guns, not the guns, you know, but crazy people. So we should arm the teachers, you know. By the way, another way to make even more money, because if you are now giving uh, arms to teachers, suddenly you have money for that, you know, Mm -hmm. instead of investing the money in, in better schools.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, the, it
1: was very. It was great to hear teachers saying, "Well, you know, we, we need materials. We don't need guns. We need materials to be able to teach better." Yeah. And, so and, all this contradiction, you know, it's it's so uh, you know, feasible.
0: Yeah, yeah. We're told we don't, we don't, we need more guns. That's what we're being told. We need more. <laughs> we need no. We, yes. we we there's not enough guns. And you're absolutely yes. there's no money. There's no money. For education, there's no money for materials. There's no education. I mean, money for you know to give these students better tools, better resources. No, we need more guns. This, yeah. I and, want, and
1: suddenly there is money for these guns.
0: That's right. Well, and I want, I want, I want to get into the film, their film, and the acting, and the and the story, and all of it. But yes. but but you know what has happened in the in the world is exactly what Karl Marx said would happen. Capitalism won capital has been yes. winning for the last 30 40 years yeah. in a significant way so much so that now there are 80 families that have more wealth than the rest of the world combined how it's exactly yes. what he said would happen and exactly. uh, and, yes. and, and so so there,
1: he said he said that that could happen that's that's very well, important yeah, to yeah, understand. you're right are right he said that capitalism has the faculty to renew itself again and again after each crisis yeah. and our job as a collectivity, as, as a citizen is to organize in order to have a response to that and stop it. Right. But unfortunately we didn't, we were not able to, and, and capitalism is, is, you know, has no limit, you know, and all, 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 although it's even totally contradictory because now you say 87 families, then, you know, the concentration is the concentration is going even higher yeah. you know you can see that there is there will be a limit yeah. you know
0: yeah. there will be a limit yeah.
1: because what, what is it you're going to have what 100 family who has 99% of the world uh, wealth right you know it it, it doesn't uh, already doesn't make sense you know can you tell me what somebody who owns 2 billion does every day yeah what kind of work you do that allows you to 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 have so much money in one day, right. the money you can't even use for yourself or even your whole family, uh, 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 you know, and that you will die and leave behind. By the way,
0: huh. Wait, you know, so
1: it's it's uh, you know what Marx called the the fetishism of money. You know,
0: yeah. money
1: becomes a fetish, and you don't even know why you should have so much of it, right, and why you should accumulate. So much of it, and and uh, even to the point where you are making other people miserable. You are putting people in the streets. You know, you are laying off people. All the you are already uh, making thirty uh, percent profit, but you don't. Thirty percent is not enough. Right. You need thirty point five percent. Right. And to get thirty five comma uh, five percent, well. You need to uh, uh close down uh, some of your factories right. you know right. and go to Mexico or go elsewhere elsewhere right. you know that's had nothing to do with you know thinking with living together with a society you know we lost track of this yeah. you know everything is speculation, everything is profit
0: right. I, I call it the tyranny of expectations. Wall Street has, you can make a profit, but if it's not enough profit, your, your, your stock goes down. If you were expected yes, to make a 50 exactly. per, 15% return and you make a 13% return, you're penalized for that. Exactly. We, we, and when, when our system is based on the engine of our, of our economy, is based on, on these systems, these entities who, that have a fiduciary responsibility to make more money to increase profit their board will be voted out if they don't maximize profit you have a system exactly. that is designed to to essentially there, you're right there's no end to what yeah. the, what is the proper way to go about conducting business
1: and and, and the crazy thing is that people see it as normal right. that's also the strength of capitalism because they they teach us from, from you know very early on that well, you know, that's how the world is. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, you can make it as well. If, if you work hard enough, you will be among those billionaires. Right. But which is, of course, not true. You know, <laughs> where are the data that say that? Yeah. You know, it's like the, the, the fetishism or the fable of the shoeshine boy who becomes a millionaire. Hmm. It never existed. Hmm. You know, it's a fantasy. You know, and and but the statistic tells you that if you are born in a poor neighborhood, you have ninety nine percent chance of staying poor all your life. Yeah. That's the fact. That's the statistic. Yeah. And if you are born in a rich family, there are ninety nine percent of chances that you will stay rich yeah. and you will stay, die rich. Yeah. Those are facts. Yeah. You know. And, and when you hear, you know, Donald uh, Trump saying, "Oh, you know, I started with nothing. I, I had one million from my father." <laughs> yes, you had one million, and then you had further ten million, twenty million to continue your, you know, you know <laughs> when you were bankrupt. Yeah,
0: no, it's. I want to talk about your film. By the way, we're speaking with Raul Peck. The f- film is "The Young Karl Marx." In your film, you pull off something that's very difficult to do because. In in that you you personify these these historic figures these people who are sort of you know beyond the pale of our understanding of quote unquote for a lot of people because they're just uh, they're just statues they're they're pictures on a wall and to be able to personify them in this way I thought you did a wonderful job of humanizing them and giving their life some context tell me a little about about in the writing and and in the way you went about personifying these historic figures and what you were trying to accomplish with that
1: yes there were many different things we had to uh, you know make sure we got right from the beginning uh, first of all we wanted to tell a real story so we could have a credit at the beginning of the film say this is a true story and we we knew that we had to stick to that because the story was complicated enough and i didn't want people to stop thinking, you know, what is true, what is not true, what are you inventing, what is fiction, etc. So that was the first decision. Stick to what is true. Mm. Second, I didn't want to go through any interpreter, biographer, uh, and not to go into any dispute of who is the better Marxist, uh, what, uh, you know, uh, uh, is it Trotsky's? is it Marxist, is it Leninist, that part of the story did not interest me it's com- it, it's confusing enough
0: mm-hmm.
1: so we decided at some point to go and to use only their private correspondence mm-hmm. meaning to 80% of the story came from those letters and when you read those letters they are incredible they are funny they are you have their anger you have their youth you have their irony uh, you understand who they were, really you know yes it's like uh, me having access to your private latent. Yes. there is no better instrument to to understand you know uh, and not through theoretical books, of course, they talk about their works, of course they talk about theoretical discussion and political discussion but it's it's lively it's it's you know it, it's it's uh, uh, energetic you know and and that's why you you have this feeling in the film because it's it's really it's the real human being behind uh 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 all this
0: right it it's the give and take it's the it is the it's circumstances of their lives that they were dealing with um now in in Karl Marx's um uh situation uh, sort of, in some ways, a man without a country, be, sort of bouncing around because of his ideas, challenging the power structure, as well as Engels, who yes. comes from money, but saw all he saw the different sides of this in a way that that you wouldn't you wouldn't normally see someone speak out. So you see yes. this, this blend. Yes.
1: Yeah, so that that was the challenge, and and uh, how to make those lives uh, real, and and how to learn from their you know the story of these three young people who have this incredible ambition uh, to change the world.
0: Well, it, it, I thought you did it beautifully. I thought the acting was t- superb, and I, you've got a great cast uh, with with the people playing August deal and Stefan uh, Konarski, Kon- who plays uh, Frederick Kon- Kon- yeah. and
1: Vicky Vicky Krebs.
0: Krebs is terrific. There's a lot of very good acting in the in the film, and um, it is it is a. I'm so glad that so, that you you've made this film, especially with your filmography. I think it it really resonates in ways um, that I don't think other filmmakers could have pulled this off. And I'm um, um, congratulations on the work.
1: Uh, well, thank you, and and I sometimes laugh that uh, it it needed a, a Haitian to do. Uh, <laughs> uh Karl Marx film ever in the Western world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before I let you go, I know uh, you've been kind for your time here. That um, the pushback—Are I, I, you reading reviews that you feel like you, that the reviewers came into it with a certain sort of agenda? How are you sort of interpreting the reaction well, to the well, film?
1: You know, I, I am too old now for this, <laughs> so I tend not to read certain review. I, I'm just sometimes sad that some reviewer or doesn't accept that they may be less intelligent than the film. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's a pity, because uh, when a film, whether you like it or not, but do your job first. Yeah. You know, go read some books if it's necessary, but don't think that you know everything. You know, myself, I had to educate myself to be able to make that film. Yeah. You know, so I I I expect that you do the same and or just say, I didn't understand that part, mm-hmm. but don't just uh, say, well, he messed this or he didn't do this as if you are the, the pop uh, giving point uh, yeah. as a referee, you know, it, you know, that's the sad part. And, but I'm very glad that uh, there are a lot of film critics, uh, people that I've known for 20, 25 years people that I, I recognize as real film critics, that they understood where the film came from and what the, the subject was and uh, what the difficulty was to make it and 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 uh, um, up to, you know, mm. to what it became.
0: Well, I am really, truly honored to have you on the show today. Again, we're speaking with Raul Peck. The film is The Young Karl Marx, and I look forward to... Everything you've done so far has been wonderful, and I look forward to your future work, and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank
1: you. Thank you.